Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. We have a fantastic show for you today. This is one of my favorite shows. Julie and I have done this once before. Actually, Julie, is this new content now that I'm looking at it? Oh, this is an old uh, show. It's slightly People modified, updated. but yes, yeah, correct. All right, good. I love this topic. It's 15 crazy obvious truths we forget too quickly. 15 crazy obvious truths we forget too quickly. So before we get to point number one, um, I want to uh, thank all of you for um, giving us a lot of uh, support as Julie and I took a week off and went to Monterey for Car Week last week. We ran um, replays of past podcasts every single day. And Julie, I didn't tell you this because this is the first time I've mm-hmm. talked to you in, since uh, early this morning. The uh, podcast listens actually increased while we were on vacation. So wow. I think what the world more. is telling us. <laughs> exactly. We did take more time off and run replays because people seem to like the show regardless whether it's live or not. So that's fantastic. But today's show is live, and it's Chris, uh, 15 Crazy Obvious Truths We Forget Too Quickly. So when you're listening to the points today, the best way to ingest the information that we provide for you, because remember, you, Julie and I are, you know, we're real estate coaches primarily, and our objective is to help you guys be you know, not just motivated, though a lot of you guys claim that that's our primary directive that that's what you get from the podcast most of all is motivation and and i appreciate that but i assure you it's not our primary aim Uh, when julie and i are putting together content for the show our primary aim is to educate you and then honestly to get you into action with the education we've given you and then the motivation follows i think it's really important that everyone understands that if you're looking for motivation, if you think you lack motivation, I assure you, you lack no motivation. What you lack ultimately is education. And the, way, the best way for you to get education is to get into action. So if you're in action doing something, trying to learn something while you're doing it, then you're going to feel motivated. I, again, I know that sounds counterintuitive because we've grown up in a culture where everyone believes that you have to have all this education and all this learning. You have to get ready and get get ready to get started. I mean, the whole educational system is set up that way. We took our little daughter to school for the first day today, or Julie did rather. She was very excited to make all of her new friends. She's four and a half. It's a big deal, you know, and uh, she's going to be locked into some school system now until she's 18 for another 14 years. And then, you know, if she decides to go to college another four years after that, so basically for the next 22 years of her life, I don't know if you thought about that, Julie, or, you know, for the – I have. What would it be? Yeah, 16. Yeah, you have. Uh, I mean, At 5.30 she's in the morning this morning, I thought that, yep. <laughs> she's going to be getting ready to get started for the next, you know, long time. And uh, unfortunately or fortunately, in my opinion, in Julie's opinion, what happens when you become an adult is you no longer – can, if you uh, wish to be successful, stay in the getting ready to get started mode for too long. A lot of you are information junkies. You listen to the podcast, but you don't do anything with the information. That is not our intent. Our intent is not to motivate you as our primary aim, because motivation as its primary aim with no education, where you don't take action with that education and thus the motivation, is nothing other than mental masturbation. And you know, those of you who've been listening to a long time for a long time, you know what we're talking about. So when we go through these points, I want you to ask yourself, write the point down, 
literally write it down, and then I want you to ask yourself how it applies to you. If you hear yourself internally saying, that point doesn't apply to me, if that's your first reaction when you hear us say something, or if you feel the inner skeptic inside of you wanting to shut down that point and stop listening, I promise you that's where your growth needs to be. So here's the setup for today's 15 crazy obvious truths we forget too quickly. Wherever, write this down, please. Wherever you're resisting is where your growth needs to be. Wherever you're resisting or whatever you're resisting is where your growth needs to be. So keep that in mind as we go through these points. So, Julie, let's roll in. Point numero uno. Yes. You got it. So just – okay, sorry. I thought I was muted for a second. All right. So 15 crazy obvious truths. Point number one, you have the power to control your own destiny. You have the power to control it. Your choices are a reflection of your character. Choose who you want to be and live your life your daily life according to those rules. I think it's so easy to forget that you're the one who controls it, especially when we get busy with all kinds of crazy real estate deals, changing schedules. You have the power. Anything you want to add to that, Tim? We've got a lot of points to get through. Well, so really, if you want to flip that one, the other way of thinking about it is everything that happens to you is your responsibility. So what we're trying to help you to accept and understand is that you cannot allow yourself to be a victim ever ever even in the the smallest of ways so if you believe your lack of success if you believe your this or your other thing is something that was out of your control that's what's going to keep you helpless and that's what's going to keep you in this this state of never changing and never improving so what we ask ask all of you to at least consider is living a life of essentially ultimate accountability ultimate responsibility ultimate of a system you put in place where everything that happens to you good or bad is your fault and I use this example because it really makes the example the best. Let's say you're in the, you know, you're in the parking lot today. You're going to, you know, go get a gallon of milk or whatever, and some, somebody pulls into you. Someone leaves a little small scratch on your car. Nothing major. Nobody's hurt. Nothing like that. Clearly not your fault. They were driving their car. They didn't know what they were doing. They weren't paying attention. They were the UK. Boom! You're a victim. What if you were instead were to say to yourself, yes, it's unfortunate that this happened to me, but it happened because I happened to be in the parking lot, parked in this, you know, this particular spot at this particular moment in time, at this particular – you guys get the difference? So if you – again, I realize it wasn't your fault that that person hit your car, but what I want you to consider the fact is, is if you basically stay in that it's not my fault mode and you allow yourself to become vict- a victim of that incident, what then ha- – what, what follows? What's the next thought that follows that versus taking ultimate responsibility for what happened? Now, if you apply that, I know that's an extreme example. It's to make a point. You can apply that in a less extreme example, for example. If you don't have the money, if you don't have the you – know, if you're not successful listing houses, if you don't know how to uh, lead generate without buying leads from Zillow, if, you don't ha- if you're overweight, if, you're all, if you have shitty relationships, all these types of things – you need to take ultimate responsibility for those things and realize that even if something or someone else was a contributor to that outcome, it's up to you to fix it. So that's the thing to remember. Never allow yourself to be a victim. You have the power to control your destiny. Point number two, Julie. Yes. Well, a little affirmation that solidifies that. All you have to do is say, if it's meant to be, it's up to me, and then you own it. So that's an easy implementation. Point number two. You only have so long to live the life of your dreams. We all have expiration dates. What if you knew what that date actually was? Most people don't. How would you live your life differently today? 
what would you be taking action on if you knew that waiting wasn't really an option anymore? You know, uh, Tim, when you and I were on vacation last week, we found out about, I don't know, two or three people uh, in our car world and, you know, center of influence, you might call it, that had passed away kind of surprisingly, suddenly. They didn't know what their expiration date was probably even two years ago. What if you knew, and it caused you and I to pause and have a conversation about that, you know, what do you think about that? Obviously, we can be sad and we'll miss them, but what does it do to how you're living the life of your dreams? And you and I came to the conclusion, it's a good thing, that we're on vacation, that we're living our life of our dreams, that we're working on that, that we're taking action. Nothing keeps that in focus more than losing someone suddenly, but it brings you back to this idea that you do only have so long to live the life of your dreams. And what if you knew that, you know, about noon next week, that was going to be it. Or even two years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 40 years from now, what would you be doing differently if you actually knew? I think it's an interesting little mindset, quite big mindset question. What would you change? What would you implement? Go ahead. I had this exact conversation with Lena, and I know you're listening right now, one of my personal Ah. clients this morning. And uh, so here's the two things I suggested that she considers for herself, and listeners, you do the same. Number one, you only live once and you're dead a real long time. There's a more succinct way of saying point number two. You only live once and you're dead a real long time. And the amount of effort it takes to live a life of exception versus just an average or subpar life, the amount of effort and the amount of time is nothing. You will be stunned how little, much, how little effort it actually takes to become really, really successful and make a shit ton of money in real estate as a listing agent, by the way, if you're just willing to basically have a commitment to learning how, mastering the skills of being a proactive lead generator, mastering the skills that I won't go through the litany of things. It's not that long. You need to learn probably 15, 12 to 15 things and get really good at it. And when you do those 12 or 15 things, you'll make more money quicker because you'll have a skill set that other people don't have. And then that will lead to you being able to live a life of your dreams. You know, I'll tell you what. The experience Julie and I had last week, it was beyond anything that we would have imagined for ourselves 20 years ago. And we'll talk about it. I'm sure it'll come out. We're a little bit jet lagged, but we'll, yep. it'll, come out in future, it'll come out in future shows. But the people we were able to meet, rub shoulders with, befriend, those are all things that, have ex- that we're experiencing only because Julie and I basically have accepted the fact that you only live once and you're dead a real long time. And we also know on the flip side to that is there's a direct correlation in the number of people you help accomplish their goals and the number of goals you'll accomplish in, in your life. So when you see somebody, as we did, who are people who are you know fabulously wealthy, successful, just beyond anything you can imagine – and you, the initial sort of cult, culturally ingrained reaction is that person must have stolen it. That person must have cheated for it. That person must have been born for it. See, the initial reaction, it must be nice, must have won the lotto, lucky sperm club, all these types of things that people say. Well, the reality is, is that most of the people that are incredibly successful in our country, I don't know about the rest of the world, are successful because of the fact that they have created a product or a service that enough other people were willing to buy, willing to invest in because of the fact that it enriched their lives. In other words, when we ran into uh, people, film stars, okay, we ran into mo- people in the movies that were making $40, $50 million a movie. Why is it that they can demand that much money to be in a movie? It's because, you know, when Tom Cruise 
Cruise is in a movie and he gets paid a hundred million dollars between you know what he got paid and basically the back end of a movie. Why is it that he's getting that much money? It's because he is obviously worth it. Otherwise, no one would pay him that. How's how is it that they go about quantifying it? Ticket sales. So many people are willing to buy a Tom a ticket for a Tom Cruise movie. And so he has made himself into somebody that some that folks want to actually pay their good money to go see and escape by watching him for two hours. Have you guys thought about this, how simple the relationship is between how you enrich other people's lives and how rich your, your life will actually be? That's it. That's the formula for success and money. So you only have so long to live your life, to live the life of your dreams, and the difference in the amount of effort it takes. So you go to work for four to six hours a day or however many hours you tell yourself you're working, and you do whatever it is that you're doing. And most of, uh, real estate people are you know, making less than $50,000 a year. I promise you to go to making $100,000, $200,000, $500,000, a million dollars a year, it doesn't necessarily require any more time, but what it does require is what you're doing for the time you've allocated, how efficiently you're using your time. Nobody in your life is probably telling you that you're wasting time, but you are. You're wasting not just seconds and minutes, but you're wasting years, you're wasting decades, and that's where I went with Lena today. I mean, Lena's a little bit older than I am, and I told her, look, Lena, realistically, how many more years left do you have on this planet to really do the things you'd hoped you'd do with your life? You know, how many more years? 15 years, maybe? Then after that, what's going to happen? Who knows what's going to happen? But you know that you probably have a window of about 15 years. And then once you get older than that, it gets a lot harder. I've coached, Julie's coached people that are older than that. They can still do amazing things with their lives, and many of them do, but it's a lot harder. You just don't have the energy anymore. Your body's older. You don't have, you may be have, have some, you know, extenuating circumstances financially. You guys get the point? So a majority of you listening are in between 40 and 55. I promise you that if you don't take what we're saying to you seriously, you will regret it because you're going to get to God willing. Okay. And I mean that sincerely and literally you're going to get to the point where you're maybe in your seventies and your eighties and you're going to be looking back and you will regret not having listened to point number two, which in essence is you only live once and you're dead a real long time. Point number three, Julie. Point number three, and this is huge, we make a very big deal about this in the Harris Rules book with a big chapter about what to do on this. Okay, here it comes. Being, quote, busy is not the same as being productive. In real estate, productivity comes from generating leads, following up, pre-qualifying, presenting, negotiating, and closing. If it's not on that list, you shouldn't be doing it. Oh, I realize you look busy. Being purposeful is more powerful than being busy. There's a huge difference. I had somebody ask me on a coaching call earlier today about how much time should be spent on posting social media on a daily basis and if that really is a good use of time. Well, remember, that's not a spoke in and of itself. It is not a lead generation spoke on the wheel. It is not listed in our 58 ways to generate business. It's a support spoke. Yeah, of course, post your listings on your Facebook and your Pinterest and all of those things. Communicate with your people that way. Nurture your center of influence. But don't claim that you were being productive if you spent most of the day doing that. You were busy, I'm sure, but were you actually producing income for yourself and your family? Were you actually helping somebody at a high enough level that you're being paid for your results? 
And this is something I think that's worthy of putting on their whiteboards. You know, most of our podcast listeners that are in real estate and even other things that are sales oriented have whiteboards tracking their business. Post it up there. Being busy is not the same as being productive. Or you might translate that as, am I busy or am I productive? If you really want to embrace that. Anything you want to add to that, Tim? This is kind of a big point. I think we've done dedicated podcasts just to this concept. Well, you were talking about the social networking and all the rest of it, and I was thinking back to, you know, there was a lot of real estate uh, seminars that went on the past, you know, 60 to 90 days all over the country. And uh, Julie and I go to the seminar page, and we see what the talking points are, what the agendas are. Um, and I'm always stunned. Actually, I, I can't say I'm stunned anymore. I'm always saddened, I, I guess would be the better choice of words, to see what uh, they are uh, posting as content, what they're going to be talking about, because what I see is that you folks must believe that doing things like uh, you know, liking somebody's page and things like that is actually going to generate business. And what they're doing, and I know intellectually you understand what I'm about to say is true, what these companies, what these coaching companies, what these trainers, what these real estate brokerages, what these seminars are doing, is they're just telling you what you want to hear. And what you want to hear, what, basically they're trying to sell you something. And so if they're telling you something that you want to hear that's going to result in you not ever having to feel rejected or ever having to feel like you have to learn something new or basically they're telling you stuff that's going to have zero benefit to you but massive benefit to them that's the seminars like i i mean julie and i listen to uh and i'm friends with brad inman julie and i really like inman news features but i looked at the topics of the recent inman event and it's all a bunch of mickey mouse i mean all the things talking about ai talking about teams and talking about expansion teams and talking about this talking about the other thing those things are moving you away from the reason you got in this business, which is being of service to other people and making money. Those things, those topics are designed not to serve you, the individual practitioner, but are designed to serve the people that are trying to sell you stuff. And that's what seminars have become. Seminars are not about training. They're about selling you things. So when you go to something and you're hearing somebody talk about all these new whiz-bang ways of generating leads, don't be surprised that there's somebody in the back of the room that's trying to sell you exactly what the seminar speaker is talking about. These have become marketing events. These have become means to basically sell agents crap that they don't need. Most agents, by most I mean all of them, don't really have the business sense and to know essentially that what they're being sold is Mickey Mouse, and they don't, and they're surrounded by other agents doing the same things. Maybe their brokers or office managers are telling them to do the same thing, so they have confirmation bias. They're surrounded by people saying the same thing, so they are in an echo chamber and they believe that that's what they're supposed to be doing. And when it doesn't work for them, which it rarely does, then what happens is they blame themselves. Whereas if you look to see what the top producing agents in the world are doing, they're not wasting a lot of time on that passive lead generation stuff or believing that social networking is going to get them into the end zone. Julie and I were sitting at the airport leaving uh, for Monterey for Car Week, and, we, and little did we know that Keller Williams' mega camp had just let out because we didn't know. And we're surrounded in by Austin. Keller Williams' yep. agents. Yes, we're surrounded in Austin. We're surrounded by Keller Williams' agents who are leaving mega camp 
And of course, some of them recognize us. And we started talking to them about what they learned and things like that. And I had a, I didn't say, I wasn't going to be in coaching mode. I was going to bite my tongue. I wasn't going to try to, you know, but I listened to them say so much crap that they just, they, oh, I need to get the number of people that are following me on Instagram up. I need to figure out how to go and to Ryan Serhant's page, an actual conversation we had with somebody, to Ryan Serhant's page and get all the people that like him on Instagram to like me. All these bullshit things that have nothing to do with nothing. Nobody was talking about the fact that they need to get better at listing houses. Nobody was talking about that they actually need to focus on profitability, actually focus on saving money, actually focus on investing, actually focus on learning how to become wealthy, rich from having profit from their business. Because the industry does not care if real estate agents make a profit. That's the reason that most real estate agents go broke. The industry, as it's become, it wasn't always like this, just wants you to buy more crap. That's what this industry has become. I think you guys intuitively know that. Our focus is teaching you the skill set to be of service to other people. So then you can make money, and with that money, you have enough profit, and with that profit, you can get rich. I don't know how much simpler we can possibly make it. That's the reason we don't talk about all these gimmicky, trendy things. That's the reason we're not going to ever talk about all those gimmicky, trendy things, because we know they're disingenuous. We know, and you know, what their true purpose is. And guys, unfortunately, the business wasn't like this even you know, 12 years ago. It all changed about 12 years ago. When you guys were – before, there were a lot of great people out there that were sincerely trying to help agents. Nowadays, what you see is wall-to-wall people trying to sell you some latest technology platform. I mean, one of our biggest coaching competitors, he just came out with his own CRM, his own technology widget. And his, okay, why are they doing that? Why are all these companies doing that? It's really simple because they want you to start paying them for, uh, for the CRM or whatever widget that they're selling you so that you basically have to keep paying them. It's not that it's the best technology. It's not that it's the best solution. Oh, and by the way, why do you need it in the first place? You probably don't. You guys get the point? Intuitively, every single one of you knows what I'm saying is true. So you just need to have the courage to not just continuously say yes, like every other agent does. You need to say no. What I'm going to do as an agent is focus on how to be a proactive lead generator and focus how to be a fantastic uh, listing agent, and then with that, I'll make fistfuls of profit. That is what the best agents in the country do and have always done. That's the bottom line. Next point, Julie. That's it. Well put. Number four, success is unlikely without failure. It's okay to make mistakes. It's not okay to not learn from them. So learn the lesson the first time, integrate it into your upgraded self, and move forward. The difference between a master and a beginner is that the master has simply failed more times. The master only achieves higher levels of success because he or she has not given up. Avoiding failure keeps you stagnant. Embracing it moves you forward mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and yes, financially. So remember that success is unlikely without failure. Again, I go back to our uh, you know, event slash vacation from last week. You know, uh, we were having cocktails with um, you know, people, our friends, and a new friend who was probably about maybe even less than half our age, and the topic of discussion, because she was surrounded by all of us old farts, 40, 50 years old, was what would we say to our 24-year-old selves if we had to look back, and what would we have wanted to know back then? 
And I think that this was one of the things that came to my mind was that, yeah, things are going to take longer than you think. It's going to be harder than you think, but it's worth sticking to it. And I think most of us at that table were kind of on that same page, one way, one flavor or another, that, yeah, it's perseverance. It does matter. And if you continually avoid conflict or avoid failure, you're just moving further away from your target, further away from your goals. It requires failure and sticking to it. it it's really not optional. So well, I think so, that's so how many, Julie, how many coaching calls have you had where – uh, essentially, an agent's trying. Let's just pick something really rudimentary that every sure. agent needs to know how to do. Let's just pick something like uh, soliciting a FISBO, right? I just said a whole bunch of words right there that made agents uh, skin crawl. I said the word soliciting. <laughs> I said the word, and I said the word FISBO. But let's just say you guys have accepted the fact that you're salespeople and that your job is to solicit. Okay, there it is. We're not going to use these politically correct, Ask. you know, yes, real words. Solicit a FISBO. You. Now, how many agents know that that's one of the best sources of business for them, and yet they don't do it because it might result and usually does result in failure? How many of you right now are stuck in the mud because all you want to do is anything passive because you're so fearful of somebody saying no to you? So here's a thought for you. You're not doing your job every day unless you hear no. Unless you're hearing no on a regular basis. And if you want us to help you with that, we're coming out with a special program where our daughter's going to be running the coaching program. She's four and a half because she likes to say no a lot. So what you're going to do is you're going to call in and listen to little Zoe Grace Harris tell you no for a half hour and condition you to hearing no when you call uh, FISBOs, right? So the reality no of this guy. Yes, yeah, she has no issue saying no. She's very good at it. Um, but guys, listen seriously. That is the real. That's the difference between a, an amateur salesperson who gets you know amateur results and somebody who's truly professional. They expect to hear. They hope not to hear it. Trust me. But they expect to hear it. It doesn't surprise them. But they know what to do when they do hear it. They know how to prepare themselves when they do hear it. They know what comes after no. What comes after no is essentially revising your approach and asking the question again, listening to what the person said and ask why they said it, or understanding already that they were going to say no, and what you're going to say next is in preparation of having known that they were going to say no. That's called being a salesperson, guys. That's called being a professional. And if you're listening to us for the first time, I'm going to tell you something that we say often, and I know it will, uh, based on the feedback, it helps a lot of people liberate themselves from this belief that they're not supposed to be a salesperson. The highest paid people, the most successful people, the most significant people in history have always been salespeople. There is, are no exceptions and there never will be. No technology person is a great no, – St Steve Jobs was a salesperson, guys. Mother Teresa was a salesperson. Um, the Pope is a salesperson. He's selling Catholicism, isn't he? The president is a salesperson, though I don't think anyone would argue with me with our current president on that point. Every single person who's ever been successful, Abraham Lincoln is a sales, was a salesperson. Every single person in the history of history, a great doctor is a salesperson. He has to sell people into doing uh, procedures that they'd rather not do. You guys get the point? If you want to be successful in life, 
first of all, you've made a really good decision deciding to get into real estate because we get often asked, what should I do by the 20-somethings for my career? And we always say get a real estate license because we do believe it's one of the greatest ways to make money because there are no caps. Agents will always be in a real estate transaction, will never be taken out of the deal because people always want to use somebody that they trust. The difference is, is they're going to have more information, so they're going to be more cautious about who they use to do the, tra uh, the transaction. Will some transactions be moved towards some other platform that's a closed ecosystem that you want to have access to? Probably. Who cares? I mean, maybe Amazon's going to get into real estate. I promise you that's going to happen. And maybe you don't want to pay an Amazon fee to get a, a buyer referral. Maybe you don't want to be part of that ecosystem. But you'll have to be continuously dependent on those companies like Zillow selling you leads if you never learn how to be a salesperson, if you never learn the skills. If that is your choice, I honestly feel sorry for you because you're never going to get anywhere with your real estate business because you're always going to be dependent on somebody else. Is that really what you want, to be dependent on somebody else to source you business? Guys, the difference between somebody who's just okay in this business and someone who's exceptional in this business is at some point this person decided, I am a salesperson. I might as well be the best version of me being a salesperson as I possibly can. I'm not asking you guys to all of a sudden start um, you know, acting like some sort of you know, grease ball. What I'm saying is be the best version of, the of you as a salesperson, but don't fight with those words anymore. Be okay knowing that knowing sales skills are the most valuable skills you can have in life. <laughs> in life, you can be the best whatever, coder, programmer, um, author, whatever. But if you can't sell, you are not going to make a dime. No one will give a rat's ass about how good you are unless you can actually sell. Julie, we, you know, we're best-selling authors, but we wouldn't have been best-selling authors unless we could sell that we, what we had to say in our book was worth listening to. And that is really – it applies directly to all of you. So how many of you are struggling and are in denial? And look, I get it. The industry wants to give you different labels. The industry wants to tell you you can just Facebook like and you can buy your leads and you can just centers of influence and pass client yourself to success. I get the fact that the industry doesn't want to tell you the truth. Yes, centers of influence and past clients are a key part of your business. But if you want to expand and have diversity of lead sources for yourself, you really do seriously need to think about yourself and ask yourself, why is it that I don't want to actually see myself as a salesperson? It's because you don't have an understanding or you haven't defined what that means for you. A salesperson is somebody that helps somebody else solve a problem. That is what a salesperson is. You cannot and never will be able to get somebody to do something, buy something that they weren't already conditioned to buy. What a great salesperson does is it makes them, that person makes them so that, that, that they want to do that transaction with them. A crappy salesperson can lose a sale even from a motivated uh, buyer or seller. A great salesperson can take a moderately motivated person and make them into a client. Learn how to be a great salesperson. Learn to be free. Learn to generate your own business. Learn to basically embrace the fact that as you get better at your skill set, you're going to be able to help more people with their real estate needs and solve their real estate problems, and as a result of that, you'll make more money. And assuming you're not running a stupid business and spending all of your money, you'll actually have 50, 60, 75% profit margins. The idea that there are people out there perpetuating these team models where the uh, team leader makes less than 10% despite all their risk 
before expenses is insane to me. The idea that brokerages have gotten to the point where they make less than 3% profit is insane to me. These are not viable businesses, guys, unless you're doing huge numbers, right? But they're not viable businesses. A slight change in the economy will cause these businesses to fail. And we already know that there's already a changing happening in the housing market. We talked about that. We talked about the face of the real estate reset. Go back and listen to our past podcasts on iTunes or timandjulieharris.com. So, guys, we're going to pick up tomorrow where we left off today. As always, we appreciate your continued support. Um, this podcast has become part of our personal daily ritual and it is a blessing to us personally that so many of you have entrusted us with the betterment of your lives. If there's ever anything we can do for you, please feel free to email us directly. It's Tim at Tim and Julie or Julie at Tim and Julie Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.